Welcome to Unstoppable Female Entrepreneurs, where business expert and success coach Kelsey Matheson teaches you how to massively grow your business, navigate the mind drama that's holding you back, make more money, and acquire the skills and confidence to become unstoppable. Hello, my beautiful friends. This is Unstoppable Female Entrepreneurs, and you are listening to episode number nine. I'm so excited that we've been going strong with this podcast now for nine weeks. You know, creating a podcast was something I've been wanting to do for a while, and here I am showing up every week, connecting with all of you, helping you build your businesses, and hopefully empowering you to step into your role as a leader and as an entrepreneur. It's really thrilling for me, and I wanted to make a point of saying that today because when I listen to other podcasts and I notice that they have over 300 episodes or even 150 episodes, my brain wants to default to things that aren't really helpful. (laughs) So my brain offers me thoughts like, see, you should have started a long time ago, or you're only on episode number nine and no one's going to listen to you. Or, look, Kelsey, there are people who have been doing this much longer than you have, so really, what's the point? (laughs) And those thoughts clearly aren't serving me. Because when I think those thoughts, I feel defeated, I feel frustrated, I feel useless, I feel discouraged. And if I'm feeling that way, then how do you think I'm going to show up as I try to build my businesses or when I step up to this microphone to record each week? So I want to look at this more closely. So I'm going to choose only one thought and the emotion that thought is generating. So I have a podcast, and this is episode number nine. And this morning when I was listening to Brooke Castillo's podcast as I walked my dog, I saw that she has 398 episodes, and that's not including her bonus episodes. And my thought was, no one is going to listen to your podcast. You know, no one is going to listen to my podcast. That was my thought. And when I think no one is going to listen to my podcast, the feeling that comes up for me is defeat. I feel defeated. So when I'm feeling defeated because I'm thinking no one is going to listen to my podcast, how do you think I'm showing up? What do I do? Well, I'll tell you. (laughs) I ruminate about the fact that I have nothing original to say and that it's all been done before so people won't listen to me because there are people with huge followings and a lot more notoriety out there. So the female entrepreneurs that I want to connect with will go there and they're not going to be interested in what I have to say. And then I question, why do I even bother? And is it even worth my time and money to put this podcast out there? And then I don't promote it as much as I should, and it's hard to be excited about it when I'm thinking that no one's going to listen to it. And then I compare and despair, thinking that everyone else's content is so much better than mine. And I think about the fact that I haven't had a new review lately, so no one is listening anymore because the content must suck (laughs) or the listeners don't like me. Those are the actions or the inactions that I'm taking when I'm feeling defeated because I'm thinking no one is going to listen to my podcast. So what are the results of those actions or inactions that I'm taking? Well, the results are that I'm not allowing the space for my podcast to grow and develop and evolve 
so people can listen to it. I'm failing ahead of time. If I don't promote it or get excited about it and tell the world, then how do I expect people to find it or even know about it in the first place? So by doing that, I'm proving to myself that no one will listen because I'm not giving them the opportunity to even hear it, especially if I'm not sharing it. I think that because Brooke has over 400 episodes and I only have nine, that that is making me feel defeated. But that's not the case. It's my thought that no one is going to listen to my podcast that is generating the feeling of defeat. And when I'm feeling defeated, I'm not promoting it. I'm not getting excited about it. I'm comparing and despairing, and I'm ruminating about what's the point, why am I even bothering? So the impact is that I'm not showing up in the way that I want to be if my intention is to reach as many female entrepreneurs as I can. I'm not even giving it the space or the opportunity to be a success. I'm not giving my podcast a chance to grow and thrive and find its feet and its audience. And it's all because I'm choosing to think that no one is going to listen to my podcast. So what I just broke down for you is something called the model. And I've mentioned the model to you before in earlier episodes of this podcast, but I've never really broken it down for you. So that's what we're going to talk about today. The model is a coaching tool that I learned through the Life Coach School, and essentially it helps us uncover how our thinking is creating everything in our lives. The results you are experiencing in your life are based on the thoughts you are thinking. And the greatest news of all is that your thoughts are a choice. So my mentor, Brooke Castillo, created the model as a daily tool that incorporates all the amazing things that she learned from forward thinkers like Byron Katie and Eckhart Tolle and Abraham. And she uses it herself and she uses it with her clients and she teaches us, her certified coaches, how to use it as well. So now it's another tool that I utilize in my coaching practice. And what's really cool about the model is that no matter what issue you're dealing with, we can fit it into the model in order to pinpoint the cause. Super cool, right? So I've been listening to Brooke Castillo for some time, and I love her style of coaching, which is why I decided to do my certification with the Life Coach School. And learning how to use the model to coach myself and to coach my clients has 100% changed my life. So let's break this down. There are five components to the model. And the first is the circumstance. The second is a thought. The third is a feeling. The fourth are the actions or inactions that are taken. And the fifth component is the result you are experiencing. So if we look back at the model that I just created, the circumstance is the fact that I have a podcast called The Unstoppable Female Entrepreneurs, and currently there are nine episodes. And this morning, when I was listening to Brooke Castillo's podcast as I walked my dog, I saw that she had 398 episodes, not including her bonus episodes. All of that is factual. The circumstance is always factual and can be proven, you know, in a court of law, for example. It can be proven. It's absolutely factual. So essentially, it's neutral. It's not good. It's not bad. It's totally neutral. And this is where things can get tricky because many times our brain wants to attach itself to circumstances being good or being bad or positive or negative. 
So as an example, a circumstance could be that at your family's Thanksgiving dinner, your father-in-law had five whiskeys before dinner, was slurring when he spoke, and at one point during the evening said to your husband that he was lazy and ungrateful. That circumstance is totally neutral. It's a fact that he said your husband was lazy and ungrateful. But it's totally neutral until you have a thought about it. So your thought about that circumstance could be, my father-in-law is a total asshole, (laughs) right? Or your thought could be, it's time to create new boundaries. So notice that in the circumstance, there's no emotion included because emotion isn't factual. So for example, we couldn't put into the circumstance that at one point during the evening, my father-in-law acted like a jerk and told my husband he was lazy and ungrateful because the acting like a jerk part is totally subjective. It's your own opinion, so it's not factual. But that could have been your thought. Your thought could have been he acted like a total jerk. Okay, so you have the circumstance, which again is factual and neutral, And then the next component of the model is the thought you have about that circumstance. So we've already come up with a a few thoughts. You could think my father-in-law is an asshole. You could think it's time to create new boundaries. Or you could think he acted like a total jerk. So we choose only one thought when we're creating a model, just one. Now, you most likely have a dozen thoughts about this one circumstance, but you would then create different models for each thought if you really wanted to do you know, some, some deep self-coaching on this topic. But when we're working on one model, we choose one thought, and then we choose one feeling, which is the next component. So when I think my father-in-law is an asshole, <laughs> what is the feeling that is generated? And you might say mad, disgusted, heartbroken, or powerless. But we want to put only one feeling into this model that we're working on. So when you think my father-in-law is an asshole, what is the feeling that resonates with you the most? And let's say for you, it would be disgusted. So we have our circumstance. At Thanksgiving, the father-in-law drank five whiskeys, was slurring when he spoke, and said to your husband that he was lazy and ungrateful. And we have our thought which is my father-in-law is an asshole. And we have our feeling, which is disgusted. Now, I just want to say that this is a totally made-up scenario. (laughs) This did not happen to me or my family. But look, we all have experienced family drama. And Thanksgiving just passed, and now we're heading into the holiday season. So having the model as a tool can be a lifesaver. So you're welcome. (laughs) Okay, so The next component to the model is all about the actions or the inactions that take place when you're feeling disgusted because you're thinking that your father-in-law is an asshole. So let's say you give both your in-laws the silent treatment for the rest of the evening. And then you fight with your husband in front of your kids wanting to leave the party early. And then you end up overeating and overdrinking to numb your feelings. And you make snide remarks to pretty much everyone else for the rest of the evening. And then you end up in another fight with your husband once you're back home. And you end up sleeping in another room. And you didn't tuck your kids in or read them a story because you were just so worked up. So those are all the things you did or you didn't do when you were feeling disgusted because you were thinking my father-in-law is an asshole. 
And the next component to the model is the results. And in this case, and please just hear me out because this might be triggering for some of you, but the results are you're the one who's acting like the asshole, right? The snide comments, the fighting with your husband, the being disconnected from your kids, giving people the silent treatment. You think because your father-in-law got drunk and called your husband lazy and ungrateful has you feeling disgusted and has you behaving the way that you did. But what I want to show you is that the only reason you felt disgusted and the only reason you behaved the way you did was because you were thinking, my father is an asshole. The fact that he drank five whiskeys and called your husband lazy and ungrateful has no effect on you at all until you had the thought that he's an asshole. And I know that's so hard to wrap your head around, but let's look at this from another perspective. Let's say we have the exact same circumstance and your thought about it was, we need to create some boundaries. What emotion does that generate? When you think the thought, we need to create some boundaries, what emotion surfaces for you? Let's say that it generates the feeling of certainty. You feel certain when you think we need to create some boundaries. So now we move into the action line. What do you do when you're feeling certain because you're thinking we need to create some boundaries? Well, let's say you take your husband aside after your father you know, said he was lazy un and ungrateful and you have a calm conversation about the possibility of leaving early. And let's say you actually agree to stay, but you choose not to engage in the, in the father-in-law, but you chat with the other family members. And when you're feeling certain, you choose not to overdrink and you stop eating junk food because you want to have a clear head and you want to make the most out of the evening for yourself, for your husband, and for your kids. And then when you see the opportunity to leave, you take it. And then once you get home, you tuck your kids into bed, you read them a story, and you say goodnight. And then you and your husband can discuss the boundaries you both want to create for your family at future gatherings. And then maybe, let's say, a few days later, you and your husband call his parents to discuss Christmas and what that looks like based on the boundaries that you and your hus husband have agreed on. And then you also share with his parents, the consequences of those boundaries being broken. So for example, if you know the father-in-law ends up intoxicated or speaks to his son like that in an insulting way, then the agreement is that they will leave. So the results, which is the last component of the model, is that you have created healthy and clear boundaries and have communicated to everybody so everyone's on the same page. Do you see the difference in that, in the emotion and in the actions and in the results based on the thought about the exact same circumstance? It's interesting, right? Now, I understand both of those examples were fictitious, but it demonstrates the fact that there can be hundreds or even thousands of thoughts that we can have about the exact same situation. It's how you think about that situation that will generate your feelings, actions, and then your results. Because the results that we are experiencing in our lives have everything to do with the thoughts that we're thinking. It's not the circumstances. Circumstances are things outside of our control. That includes other people. That includes our past. That includes the weather. 
We can't control other people. The past is the past. It's already done. And we have no control whether or not it rains on our wedding day. And sometimes we forget that we can't control these things. So we expend energy trying to control other people or change our past. And as frustrating as this can be, there's good news. While we can't control our circumstances, we can control everything else, including what we decide to think and how we feel and in turn how we behave. The root cause of any problem is always our thinking. And let me tell you, differentiating our thoughts from our circumstances can be a struggle because your brain will tell you that you feel mad, disgusted, heartbroken, and powerless because your father-in-law called your husband lazy and ungrateful. You will be attached to that being the reason for your emotions, but it's your thoughts that are generating the emotion. And here's another very powerful example that Brooke Castillo uses. 9-11 is a circumstance. It's in the past. We can't change it. It's a circumstance. Now, your thought about it could be that it was one of the biggest tragedies the U.S. has, has ever experienced. But we also know that others in the world feel it was a great success. And depending on how you think about it, that will generate a different emotion. And I know you feel that the way you think is right. And maybe for you, you feel like it's a fact that it was one of the biggest tragedies on U.S. soil. But the event itself is totally neutral until you have a thought about it. And that goes for everything in your life. So what are you choosing to think? Are your thoughts serving you or are they not serving you? Because thinking about 9-11 as one of the biggest tragedies in the U.S., could very much be serving you because maybe it got you more interested in politics or maybe you started volunteering for organizations that you wanted to support or you started donating to certain organizations that you were passionate about or volunteering for certain politicians all because of the thought that you have about the event that took place on September 11th, 2001. And here's another example of differentiating your thoughts from your circumstance. If it's 85 degrees outside, that is a circumstance. It's a fact. But saying it's hot outside is not a fact. It's a thought because some people might not agree that 85 degrees is hot. Do you see that? So I invite you right now to think about a problem you're currently facing and do a thought download about that problem. Meaning take some time to write in your journal everything you think about in regards to that issue. Then separate the facts from the thoughts and get clear on the circumstance. And remember, anything you include in the circumstance can be proven in a court of law. It's factual. So once you're clear on the circumstance, you're going to choose one thought about that circumstance. And it can't be a question. Just want to put that out there. So it can't be a question. It has to be a statement. So just choose one thought that you have about that circumstance. And then just take a moment to think that thought and see what emotion is generated within your body. So when you're thinking that thought, what do you feel? And remember to choose only one emotion. Then you're going to write down everything you do and everything you don't do when you're feeling that specific emotion because you're thinking that specific thought. And you can write down as many actions or inactions as you want but you want to make sure they're related to the feeling and the thought 
you've written down in this particular model. So after you've gotten clear on all your actions, you're going to look at the results that you're creating in your life. And here's an important tip. Your results always relate back to your thought in some way. Remember when we thought my father-in-law is an asshole? The result was we were showing up as the asshole. Or the thought no one is going to listen to my podcast gave me the result of not allowing the space for my podcast to grow and develop and evolve. So of course no one will listen to it. I'm failing ahead of time. The root cause of any problem is always our thinking. Just allow that to sink in. Because when you have an issue that you want to use the model for, you might want to listen back to this episode to help you create a model for yourself and do some self-coaching. Now, I know that was a lot, (laughs) but we'll be incorporating the model into future episodes, and I invite you to practice this on a daily basis. It has literally changed my life as I continue to use it for my own self-coaching, and I use it with my one-on-one clients as well. So the question I will leave you with this week is what do you want to believe about your life? Spend some time with your journal. Make yourself a cup of coffee or a tea and just write about what you want to believe about your life. Thank you so much for listening. Have a fantastic week and I look forward to the next time. Ciao for now. Hey, if you'd like a weekly dose of motivation, inspiration, and actionable tips to grow your business while managing all the things, then you need to get on my email list. Just head over to KelseyMatheson.com to join my list. And while you're there, check out the awesome free content I give away. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share with other female entrepreneurs who need some love and support. And of course, if you haven't already, I would be so grateful if you subscribe, rate, and review my show on your favorite podcast player. Thank you for listening and I look forward to connecting with you next week.